Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at Theatre in the Now, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. If you want to see an incredible look, you better head to DC or Instagram to see her. It's the one and only Citrine. How are you? Hi, Michael. I'm doing great. I'm feeling good. I shaved and brushed my teeth for this, so oh, I feel fantastic. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, I think it's been like a full year since I saw you last in person. I believe so. I I, I want to say it's because I, I was, was in New York. Yeah, right? for Pride, I think it was. Yeah, I was in New York. Because I mean, I know yeah. you've come down to DC a couple mm-hmm. times, but I, yeah, I think the last time I saw you was in New York City. So yeah, I was last time I was in DC was in January to see um, little baby Scout Sonner win a little competition. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, hearing about that you were in town, but unfortunately, I couldn't. Yeah, I, I was literally there for two days just to support um, uh, Scout yeah. and see that fun competition mm-hmm. but yeah i love dc it's a fun it's, it's a fun town and it's it's a different <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a different drag scene from what i'm used to and we're, well we'll get into that a little bit but um yeah i really enjoy dc and it's a nice escape from new york because it's a little more quiet and less busy than new york can be Mm-hmm. See, that's that's how I feel about New York City. So, but I think uh, most people can kind of say that about wherever they're from. That right. literally, literally leaving town will always feel like an escape. Right. Um, and I and uh, you're from New York or from New Jersey? I'm from New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. Well, you're that's New York adjacent. So I right. guess <laughs> because you're so used to New York, um, and for anyone that's used to their hometown, it doesn't really feel like something new so and and because i'm not from new york city and and i have this sort of perception of it based on you know media and what people tell you and i know you have your own opinion of new york city (laughs) yeah but every time i'm there i always feel like it's some kind of adventure or like some something's awaiting me yeah you're thinking like uh no girl it's just a mess but (laughs) no it's it's a fun place um i mean you literally can do something everywhere at any time um, mm-hmm. it's a place that doesn't shut down and that's what I appreciate about it. Right. But yeah. We're here to learn about you and this is a good segue. Like, where are you from? Uh, great question. Where am I from? <laughs> so I grew up in, uh, this small town or is it that small? I like to think of it as small because not a lot of big things happen there, but it's Prince George's County, Maryland. It's probably about, uh, 20 miles outside of DC. So, uh, short answer is Washington DC, I guess, but it is still technically Maryland. Kind of like how you say New Jersey, mm. but like, it's easier right. to say New York. It's the same thing. Um, so I grew up there pretty much my whole life. I don't have this grand backstory of like, Oh, I, I lived in Idaho and then I moved it to Florida <laughs> for a little bit. And then I spent some time in California. Uh, no, it's just been this kind of like simple upbringing in Maryland. Uh, stayed there my whole life. Uh, I went to school in Baltimore, and then now I live in Silver Spring, Maryland, and I've lived here for about five years. Nice. So I'm just a Maryland kid through and through, uh, DC adjacent. Nice. What is that? What What is life like in Maryland? I mean, it, uh, you know, Maryland, it might not be the largest state, but it's still a pretty big state. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of different... Uh, 
sections and it, it kind of depends on where you're from. So like Northern Maryland is uh, definitely a lot more uh, suburban, very white, mm-hmm. <laughs> where uh, the closer you get to DC, the, the uh, I guess the more cultural you get. Not, not to say that Northern Maryland states don't have their own kind of culture, I guess, but um, yeah, it really just depends. I guess, so speaking for my part specifically, um, uh, it was kind of quiet. I guess the, the the part of town I grew up in, there weren't a lot of like loud and crazy things to do. I think the biggest thing to do was the Labor Day festival. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is just like your everyday carnival thing that was set up once a year. Um, there were, We didn't have any like big attractions to go to. So it's just kind of like your average suburban slash city town. Uh, and in some ways that's kind of like how I see Silver Spring, which is where I live currently. It's this nice... Uh, hybrid of suburb and city, which I have this conversation with so many people and I'm, and maybe you know, or maybe it doesn't exist, but is there a word for that? Like a suburb slash city or is it just called a suburb so. slash city? I, yeah, I think it's, it's the, you got the slash. Yeah. Um, um, which I mean, I like because I'm used to it because I've, uh, well, I don't want to say I've always lived in my whole life because definitely living in Prince George's County, that was very suburb. Right. Um, where Silver Spring is is certainly that kind of hybrid. Um, and I've always been attracted to the city, which is why I think when I do go to New York, I feel this kind of way. Like yeah. something feels right about this. Uh, just that city culture, just it feels like home. Um, now, how how do you get into DC? Is it, do you have access to a train or is it you have to drive? Yeah, so we have our own kind of metro system, which I'm right. sure you're familiar with. Um, it's not as expansive as New York by any means, but uh, it's it's still pretty good. Uh, it doesn't run 24-7, unfortunately, but where I live currently, it's like a two-minute walk to get to the, oh, nice. the train station, which is pretty uh, fortunate for me because it, because it's not as expansive as New York. Uh, some people have to walk like 15 minutes or 20 minutes to get That's to their me. stop. Yeah. <laughs> I see. And you're, and you're from uh, New York. So, well, yeah. unless you're, you're living in New Jersey and you, and you take the train into New York um, regularly. Yeah, well, I'm currently li- in New Jersey staying with my mom, but I live in Astoria, Queens. So gotcha. Okay. I'm, I'm taking a little break from the city for a, a minute because you know what this, this coronavirus is yeah. affected us all. And it's nice to have home for a little bit. Yeah, don't blame me there. Though it is funny to think that you have a larger metro system, yet my walk to mine is much shorter. Right? Yeah, I mean, well, there have been times when I was in D.C. where I'm like, Scout, how much longer are we walking to get to um, the metro? Like, I could have been Mm -hmm. in wherever we are now. Right, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, And, like, especially getting to certain venues, it's like, if you want to get there, you're going to take an Uber. Um, oh yeah, I think I think that's most common, uh, and I'm sure we'll get more into this. Uh, yeah. But w- when it comes to like gigs and, and transportation, I think it's most common for performers here to you know take a lift or take an Uber. Yeah. I think that's what I would do because I don't have a car, um, and you know Metro Ring and Drag is its own <laughs> yeah <absolutely. laughs> uh, own thing. Uh, I, I know for a lot of New Yorkers, it's probably like way more common and obviously affordable and. and traffic in New York is, is 10 times worse than it is here in yeah, DC, absolutely. but Ubering is just like the way to go. Yeah. And Ubering in DC is a lot cheaper than New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That too. Well, let's talk about drag. When did drag enter your life? So, you know, I, I think about this question a lot, uh, especially since I've been asked uh, several times and, and when I reflect on it, I think it's always been a part of my life. Even in my youth, I can recall like, when I was five years old and my mom had this really like frilly blue apron in the kitchen that she would use to cook and I would always be attracted to it. I would want to wear it all the time. And sometimes I would when she wasn't home. (laughs) Um, And then uh, even in high school, we had, uh, which I think 
common in a lot of high schools, a spirit week. I think I'm sure your high school sure. spirit yeah. week type thing. And um, I, I think a common one for a lot of people was Crazy Day, in which you know you can dress up in, in mm-hmm. crazy costumes. But you know, little little old me, it's like, oh, I'm not just gonna wear uh, mixed match socks. No, I'm gonna put on wedges and a wig, <laughs> and this really sparkly gold blouse, um, and live my live out my fantasy. Um, but of course, I didn't I didn't know that was drag in high school right. because unfortunately, I didn't uh, uh, when I was in high school, I didn't have. Um, any media to look to or any sure. or any people really to kind of explain to me what drag was or just the idea that dressing up like this is not only okay but like is also an art form so I was just doing it without even realizing it was drag yeah, absolutely um, but because I didn't have those um, external influences and inspirations or, or people to like tell me what it was I didn't uh, act on it like I didn't continue to do it it wasn't until college um, once I started to like see what it was and actually hear the word drag for the first time, I was like, oh, that's what that is. And I was like, wait, I think I've already kind of been doing this. Yeah. Uh, not, not regularly. It was always like once every blue moon. But then I was like, oh, this could actually be like a regular thing. So college, uh, and then certainly with the, uh, the mass media enterprise that is Drag Race, <laughs> being all over TV or like with its popularity, uh, definitely caught my attention. Um, and then what with having friends also being into that media craze um, certainly sparked my interest. Um, so yeah, that's where the interest got started. But it wasn't until I finished college because I was like, I need to get through school. I need to do my classes. Yeah. And um, What did you study? You know, I studied graphic design. Oh, nice. Uh, which I still do today. Uh, a lot of friends find that very funny because I'm a pretty indecisive person. I'm always <laughs> changing my mind. Or, or I'll like really be passionate about something. And then four years later, I'm like, I don't care about this anymore. And then I'll find, move on to a new thing, which I'm worried might happen with drag, <laughs> <laughs> but I hope not because I have a huge closet full of stuff. Um, but the one thing I've managed to like keep consistent my whole life has been my professional career, um, excluding drag, which has been graphic design. So thankfully I haven't changed my mind about that because yeah. I studied it in high school. I went to college for it. I never changed my major. Um, did all the work for it, and it's still my job right now. So yeah, I mean, I love it. I so I went to school um, for theater. I was a stage management major, um, but I think it was my senior year. I was able to take an elective, and I took a graphic design class. And the teacher oh, cool. was like, "Do you want to switch majors? You're very good at this." And like, I don't want to be in school for another four years, but I'll <laughs> yeah. take the A plus that you're giving me. Yeah, um, I think that's been my biggest regret is not falling back into teaching myself more about graphic design. Because now, as a self-producer and needing to get things done and mm-hmm. don't necessarily have the funds to hire someone to do your poster when you need to get it done, you right. teach yourself how to do um, Photoshop and get very frustrated when you can't figure out how things work because <laughs> it was 10 years ago you took that class. I was going to say, how long ago was it? Because um, there were there were like video editing classes that I took. Yeah. And, uh, I, I have like the basics down, but I wish I like kept going with it so i didn't like forget a lot of the things yeah. um but yeah it's, it, graphic design is is definitely a skill that i'm proud to say has also bled into drag it's, right because i i know a lot of people helpful. have um hired you and you've mm-hmm. done a lot of um graphics for them oh constantly yeah I'll, I'll get messages every five seconds from someone being like hey i need a flyer and, and i have like regular clients the clients being like uh drag performers that use me for their shows like hey yeah. can you or like even if it's just updating it to like switch out faces for right. For that show so that's been really nice um and it's been another way to kind of uh put money in my pocket yeah and, and marry <laughs> uh, your two worlds 
Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Which, which I mean, which goes into the bigger picture of uh, how I see myself, which is a creative, and I love that I can use all of my talents in my artistry and how I can combine them all together. Um, yeah. So that's been really rewarding. That's great. So, how would you describe Citrine in three words? Beautiful, fashionable and ice cold. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, uh, <laughs> actually, let me, let, me do, let me redo that last one. I think that's what a lot of people would think of me. Um, <laughs> but I, I like to think that I have a more sunny and bright disposition, uh, uh, even though my sort of stone cold face might <laughs> say otherwise. Uh, but yeah, beautiful, fashionable, and just fierce. Yeah, I love that. What is the origin story of your name? It's really quite simple. So uh, of course, like any Jack performer trying to figure out what their name's going to be, I uh, thought about it yeah. <laughs> and um, I knew that I wanted my name to have some kind of relation to who I am outside of drag. And one, something that is important to me and I enjoy is astrology. So that mm -hmm. was kind of my starting point. Uh, I'm a Scorpio, so I kind of thought about that. I'm a water sign. I was like, Scorpio, I don't know if that really kind of makes sense for a drag name. <laughs> uh, so I thought more about that and I said, okay, well, what's another part of me that makes me me. And I said, okay, well, you were born in November. There are birthstones. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder what my birthstone is. So I, I looked it up and for November it's Topaz and also Citrine. And I didn't realize that there were some months that had more than one stone. I thought every month just had one, but mm -hmm. come to find out that I think January through September only have one, October and November have two and December has three because December's greedy for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I saw November listed Topaz and Citrine. And I think they have two because they're kind of closely related. They're like pretty sure. similar in shade uh, in terms of the color. And I thought Citrine, huh, that sounds, uh, like Topaz didn't appeal to me. I was like, that's not a really cool name, at least to me. Uh, but Citrine, I was like, that's unique. I had never heard of that before. I don't think a lot of people have heard that name. It sounds really unique. It sounds pretty. And I definitely wanted to be mononymous. I just wanted one sure. name. I always thought that was also just as unique and, and different. Um, and I knew I wasn't going to be like some kind of uh, funny camp comedy queen, which I, I, which are who I love. I love camp comedy queens. But when I was thinking about my brand and my drag and how I wanted to present myself, I said, I know I want to be beautiful, fashionable, um, create looks and, and, and do that kind of stuff. So I figured a name like Citrine, which is about a stone and birthstones are you know, beautiful, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, oh, let me choose this and stick with it and see if I like it. And sure enough, I did. And it stuck. And I haven't changed it and loved it ever since. Yeah, here you are. Here I am. How long does it take to transform into Citrine? Oh, what a loaded question. Um, <laughs> well, when I first started, it was like six hours. <laughs> and I looked terrible, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. I think now on average, it's uh, from, from shaving to makeup to getting in the outfits, probably like anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours. Not bad. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, which I think is a pretty standard average for a lot of regular performers today. Um, if I work fast enough, it could probably be an hour. But I do like to take my time. And sometimes that could take three hours. Um, so yeah, the average is about an hour and a half to two. Do you have any traditions you like to have when you get ready? Not particularly. Um, I mean, I usually just get ready in my bathroom, in my room. I have, uh, th thankfully, I have a nice private bathroom that I don't have to share. That's good. And um, I typically don't get ready at the gig just because uh, it's less for me to have to bring along. And um, I'm just more comfortable uh, getting ready in my own bathroom. Um, I think I, I don't think I've ever gotten ready at a gig before. I think I've always managed to get ready at home, which has been nice. Is getting ready at a gig a DC thing? 
It depends on who you ask. I think on average, probably not, but I think mm-hmm. that's also just based on um, the performers that I see regularly sure. and like are my friends. But I, sure, I can tell you that you in know. New York, there's just no space to even get ready at a, right, at a yeah. venue. Yeah, uh, DC has that same problem too. I mean, uh, there, you know, a lot of the places we perform here don't have dressing rooms. <laughs> sure. And and the and the few that um, do have dressing rooms, I think, don't even exist anymore because they're all getting torn down or remodeled. Or because you know, I'm sure you're aware that DC has lost a lot of uh, yeah. gay nightlife, and a lot of those places were the only few that had dressing rooms, and they're all gone now. So anything left is literally just you know back closets. Right. Um, wine cellars, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think most people will say they get ready at home. So the yeah, no, no rituals. I don't really meditate or anything like that. Don't listen to any specific music or anything. No, I, sometimes it'll be podcasts. Sometimes it'll be music. Sometimes it's silence. Uh, sometimes I find just kind of being with my own thoughts is kind of nice too. Nice. Um, which I thought was always strange, but I've heard of other people that like also just kind of work on their stuff in silence. Like even if it's just like their busy work, not even right. really drag, like they don't need other background noise to distract them. Um, and I've kind of used to always be the way, like when I would draw, I used to love drawing. Um, mm-hmm. and I still kind of do now, but I would draw a lot as a kid and I wouldn't listen to music or anything else or even have TV in the background. I would just draw, 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 and that's it. Do you have any favorite makeup products that you like to use? Um, ones that work, <laughs> ones that there cover my face. Uh, um, so uh, learning about products was an interesting process and a lot of it was just kind of, uh, which thankfully I have access to uh, starting drag when I did was having YouTube tutorials and sure. seeing other performers talk about the products that they use. Um, I mean, I guess they are my favorites because I use them. Um, so I definitely use Krylon. I use uh, Morphe, uh, Anastasia, Beverly, uh, Anastasia Beverly Hills uh, to name a few. Um, and I think mix. I, nice. I'm sure I have like other things here and there, but those are probably like the top three or four that I use often. I'm not against trying new things for sure. Um, and I, a lot of my palettes and foundations I still have from like two years ago. I haven't, I thankfully haven't run out. How many palettes <laughs> sure do you that, have? That, um, I have a couple foundation sticks and I have like two or three eyeshadow palettes, but I've managed to like kind of use them in a way that have still lasted me over the last two years so um so that's good i haven't had to like buy now, are you are you someone right. are you someone who like if someone gave you a palette as a gift you'd be like oh my god i can't wait to use it or you're like i don't know if this is me i'll look into it and maybe if i use a color or two great it, it depends on the palette um and, and i think part of that is why i have it right now is because when i did start drag i had a lot of friends that um like around Christmas time, we're like, oh, perfect. You're doing drag, great. I know what to get you. So <laughs> yeah. um, a lot of that being like uh, eyeshadow palette. So while I might only use like one or two, I think I might even have more that are just kind of sitting there sure. unused that I'll probably dip into when I do run out of the ones I regularly use, just cause it's like, why spend money on a new palette when I have all those and I can exactly work. Cause, cause I'm not like a, a brand snob. Um, like I don't have to be like, I must wear uh, a Morphe eyeshadow palette or else I'm not me. Uh, <laughs> you know, as long as the color and the pigment's there and it yeah. actually works on my face, then then I'm good. That's cool. Do you have any drag influences? Who, who inspire you as an artist? So this, this question's funny for me because like, I mean, I could list different performers and queens that I like, but I don't necessarily uh, like, so uh, let me just answer your question simply. Uh, so inspirations, uh, I really like Miss Fame. Mm-hmm. I really like Courtney Act. Um, I think what they do uh, and what they've done with their careers are, I think are a little different than what most 
performers kind of subscribe to. Sure. Uh, I always saw myself as not a bar queen, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Bar queen being like those that like to perform at bars. They like to be on that stage and collect tips, get the spotlight on them and live that fantasy, which, you know, I love from time to time myself. But I always had my dream set a little bit higher. I wanted to see myself in a more um, fast paced kind of like fashion world or runway world or, or a world that's like on TV behind the camera. Sure. So doing an interview like this is actually pretty exciting for me. While I might not be in drag, um, surprise, surprise, for those that <laughs> obviously can't see me. <laughs> but uh, I've always been more comfortable behind a camera than I have been in front of an audience. And I don't think a lot of um, drag artists can say that. Sure. Because then I think it also goes into that, I don't want to say debate, but it's like drag artist versus drag performer. I know it's like all kind of under the same umbrella, mm -hmm. um, but I think I subscribe more to drag artist, less drag performer. I do like to perform because in some ways being behind a camera is a performance. Sure. Um, so yeah, just like the, the, all the work that goes behind a camera, I'm more interested and fascinated. So like modeling, acting, um, interviews, <laughs> uh, things like that are, yeah. are more of where I would like to take my career. Unfortunately, that's not as common, especially for performers or for, for drag artists starting out. So I'm just kind of like playing the field and, and, and doing all the work that I can to kind of get to that level of where I can start doing those things. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like yeah. we've definitely moved into this mainstream media where drag is accepted and where we're leaning into these new frontiers of modeling and fashion and being product um, ambassadors and creating your own mm -hmm. line. So I think it, there's, it's you forge your own path and you, you do what you want to do, you make it happen. And it's, you know, we're in a world where drag is almost acceptable now. Yeah, By, it's getting there. <laughs> it's, we're, it's, we're close. It, we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're close, closer than ever before. Yeah. Um, and I know this kind of like veered a little bit off your question in terms of inspiration, but I, okay. I, I think that's also what's inspiring me is like the, the art itself. Absolutely. Like the desire to want to be in that world um, so badly. Um, notice I didn't say desperately, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm very passionate about that world. And I recognize that it's, it, drag is a lot of hard work, which I think Absolutely. goes without saying. Um, and the, the drag that I kind of aspire to and dream of is, is, is I think even more challenging because it's, it's in, and I, and I don't want to put down any performers that like to just kind of be in the bars and stuff sure. like that. That's already hard work in itself to, to make a name for yourself there. Um, but because there aren't as many opportunities, at least especially where I am, I know if I lived in New York, I think I'd maybe have more chances to find opportunities like that. Sure. But in DC, it, it's very far and few between uh, to get chances. So even something like this, an interview with you was like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, when, once COVID is, is under control, come up to New York, find some photographers. I think, I think a lot of people mm -hmm. would be excited to shoot with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I have to do a little bit of homework and research, but that goes, that I think goes yeah. without saying. So, but yeah, that's, that's the... where my dragon inspirations really lean. I love that. Who are some of the people that helped you out in your drag journey at the beginning? So uh, I, I like this question because I don't think I would be doing drag now if it weren't for uh, my friends and those that, um, specifically those that also do drag with me. Uh, it, it, I talked about this earlier where I kind of had the inkling to do it on my own from the start. Sure. But when I like finally said, oh, I want to do drag, um, I also had friends in the, in the community. Well, eventually we became a part of that community that also wanted to do drag too. So we helped each other out and, you know, learned from each other 
And that's what kind of kept me going. So to mm -hmm. name a few people, so I'm sure you've, maybe you specifically have heard of House of Stone, which is the drag house that kind of I started with, which is uh, me and, and four other sisters, uh, Vagenesis, uh, Venus Valhalla, to, to, to name a few. But specifically um, with Vagenesis and my other sister, Logan Stone, the, the three of us were friends prior to, um, prior to doing drag. We had known each other through school and, uh, you know, we're just friends. Yeah. And it was at the same, we literally, the three of us at the same time were like, oh, drag sounds really fun. Like, why don't we give it a go? Oop, my, caught in my headphones. <laughs> um, why, why don't we give it a go? And so, like I said, we learned from each other. We were practicing together, um, figuring out like where to buy outfits from or like who to talk to, who to ask, um, where to get started. And that, uh, I don't think if it weren't for that, I wouldn't have been as far along as I am now. Uh, but it, 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 I don't want to say it's weird, but like, it's amazing how when you work together as a group and like break out into the scene as a unit, um, you'll be amazed at what the results are. Yeah. Like, and, and, and maybe, maybe we got lucky. I don't know what it was. Um, but when you breaking into the scene as a house, definitely, um, got brought us more attention than I think it would just kind of as an individual. So I'm thankful for that. Uh, cause then like, I've done a lot in two years that I don't think a lot of newer performers can say they they've done. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I, um, I encourage anybody that <clears throat> maybe is interested in starting drag. If you have friends that also want to do it, definitely link up with them and like work together. Cause it'll make the experience all that more fun. Absolutely. Uh, like doing things with other people is way more fun than just doing it by yourself. Absolutely. Unless you're, unless you're all about self-sufficiency and, and don't need nobody else, then I get that of uh, more power to you. But for me doing it with other people was made it all the more rewarding. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really interesting. I think, um, the the evolution of the house of stone and dc drag is something a little different than what some of us in new york are used to because we, we don't really have houses everyone's kind of like an individual entity and mm. there's friendships and alliances and enemies like they're all there but there's something really special about having a house mm -hmm. and are there many houses in dc there are i'll say there are a few there aren't like a large plethora um like I can probably count them on my hand, maybe sure. even less, maybe just one hand, uh, which is fine. Uh, and, and I think DC kind of has the same mentality as New York, where like I think people in general do aspire to kind of have that uh, their own individual voice. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody jumps into drag hoping to be a part of a house, uh, and maybe some do, uh, but I think most commonly drag for a lot of people. And 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 I, and I say this to myself too: is kind of an individual experience. I still see my drag as an individual sure. experience despite the fact that I broke into the scene with the house. I think it was just the appeal of like us doing it all together and feeling like a group and a family. It just was so appealing. Mm -hmm. And we didn't really see anything wrong with it. We were just like, why not? Like, this is right. fun. Drag doesn't have any rules. Like, so what? Um, and like I said, I'm thankful for it because it did bring us a lot more attention. Um, I will say now, I think we're a lot more individually focused. I mean, I, at the end of the day, like the name is still kind of attached to us, but we kind of have branched off and worked up on, on our sure. own projects, which I think is really nice too, is that we can, we, we still have that kind of like family background that got us started. But now that we're like a lot further along, of course, we're going to have our own voices. Of course, Absolutely. we're going to have the, our own projects that we want to work on. So uh, outside of that uh, air quotes, House of Stone entity. Um, yeah. Did you find that when um, being booked, you were being booked alongside your sisters or did, did you, were you able to break out of that and be like, okay, you can book me. You don't have to book everyone else as well. 
it took a while to get there, but yeah, I think early on uh, there was this kind of um, a sort of unspoken rule or expectation or, or idea that like you can't book uh, one of them without booking all of them. Right. People were a little worried that like, oh, I guess I have to, if I book her, I guess I got to have all of them. So there were some shows that were like dedicated to just us. Um, uh, but eventually that died down because, you know, we made our own interpersonal connections with people sure. and some of us got closer to some people, some of us got closer to others. Um, and then, like I said, with forging our own paths and kind of wanting to make our own individual name for ourselves. Because um, I think that was always in our core between all of us is like, while we love being a group and this has been fun, we still kind of have an own idea of where we want to see our own career. Because like I was saying about me, where I like being behind the camera and have aspirations living in that world, I don't think my sisters would uh, have those same sure. uh, aspirations. Now, you got to do something very exciting with the house. You got to perform in the same Pride stage as Todrick Hall last year at DC Pride. Yeah, he literally performed right before us. So that was like kind, <laughs> yeah. of, kind of daunting. Um, like literally he was the actor right before us. And um, I wasn't nervous about it. I don't know. I can't speak for the rest of them. Maybe, maybe some of them were a little nervous. They didn't seem nervous. Um, I wasn't. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, a lot of fun. We did that through um, Sigfield Secrets, Rest in mm -hmm. Peace. Uh, they did actually as of yesterday or the day before they just got bulldozed so like oh boy everywhere yeah it was kind of heartbreaking to see such a um an establishment with, with so much history and a big legacy yeah um get torn down like that um so shout out to Ziggy the secrets uh, we'll forever miss them and i love performing there but anyway um and and, and it, it makes me even more proud to say that uh because there was no big pride this year and because that was last year i guess i was a part of Ziegfeld's last uh um, yeah. last performance so it was kind of like Zigfield Secrets featuring House of Stone. Um, I wish I could say that it was them reaching out to just us, um, but I'm thankful to them that they uh, wanted to have us as a part of their act. And so, yeah, we got together. We hired a choreographer because all of us are not <laughs> uh, dancers by any means uh, to our own accord. Uh, so we have rhythm, some more than others. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we were like, we want this to look good. So we got some outside help to make sure that we looked the part. We got someone to make costumes for us. So that was that was definitely a lot of fun. Uh, I think we, I don't think we met Todrick, but we did see him. But we did meet like a couple other um, celebs that were there. Sure. Uh, but yeah, that that will that's definitely in the history books and something that I will always look fondly on. Absolutely. Now let's talk about DC drag. How would you describe DC drag? Ah, DC drag. So. In some ways, it's kind of like New York, maybe not as cutthroat. And I don't mean that in, in any kind of bad or condescending Absolutely. way, because uh, enter the entertainment industry is always going to be like that. Mm -hmm. you know, people always want the spotlight on them and, and everyone's attention hungry. And, and, and I think a lot of that exists in D.C. and almost any drag scene, really, wherever you go, um, especially like big cities or, or, or cities in general. And in some ways, I like to think of it as, as kind of like high school. It's a little clicky. But I also don't want to paint that as necessarily a bad thing. Like, clicks are a thing, and it's always going to have, for some reason, that's always going to have a negative connotation to it. But it's like, a click doesn't have to be bad. Like, if, you, if you're a group of people that are really good friends, and you all kind of subscribe to the same type of drag, I don't think that's inherently bad. Sure. It's only bad when you, like, abuse that or yeah. claim to be the best of drag because of your click is when that starts to get toxic. And, of course, that's a whole other conversation. Um, so it's a little clicky, but um, but people still recognize that like while there are other different types of drag, they can still be appreciated. 
And I think if there's any kind of drama, it's all just like personal stuff. I don't think anyone's really gonna be like, oh, your drag sucks because you're not wearing big hair or your drag sucks because you're wearing a flat. Um, and if anyone thinks that, I think it's really just because they just hate that person for whatever yeah, reason. That's I fair. don't know. Um, I've been fortunate that like, I don't think I've um, burned any bridges personally. I don't think I've have anyone that's uh, ready to take me down per se, uh, which is nice. So I guess that goes to say that um, I've had a pretty good experience in this scene. And, and, and I think it's, I think it's really nice. Um, I've had, I've, I've, I've worked in, in all of those different kinds of cliques. And with that said, I don't think I really say that I'm a part of one sure. per se. So it's kind of nice to be able to, to, to work in all those different areas of the scene. Um, which is what I wanted. I didn't necessarily want to be like with only the alternative right. performers or only with the pageant performers. You know, I got to work with both and I've had good experiences with both. So um. now when it comes to audience and shows, are they the kind of audience that they only want to hear a song, do a song, or are they comfortable with hearing mixes? And what, what is an audience like at a typical DC drag show? Depends on the venue, I will say, and, and, and the audience, whether they're queer or straight. <laughs> so um, with a queer audience, they're definitely, I think, a little bit more susceptible to new things like mixes yeah. or comedy bits sure. or things that aren't just top 40 because, you know, they are more exposed to drag and they kind of get it. Yeah. Um, there are some queer people and gays that um, also enjoy the regular, I guess, standard top 40 stuff that you'd probably think of, like all the stereotypes and whatnot. And I think in general, that's always going to do well, uh, no matter sure. what, the, the stereotypical stuff, which is fine. And if there are people that do that, more power to you. Um, so yeah, it really, it really just depends on the audience. It really depends on the bar. Um, I think if it's like a nightlife bar scene, you can get away with it. Although I have performed some like really strange mixes at brunches that have gone <laughs> over well. So um, <laughs> the way I see it is like, um, if you were a new performer breaking onto DC, you kind of just have to try it out and see what sticks. Absolutely. Um, it's really all trial and error. Like there have been some where I perform something and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that again here because <laughs> right. that did not go over well. And then there are some times where it was magic and, and the audience loved it. So it, re it really just depends. Now, New York is known for the abundance of drag competitions. You are part of a big DC long form competition called Drag Wars, which is very different from our Drag Wars, which is a weekly competition. What was your experience like doing Drag Wars? Uh, is it that different? Because because Drag Wars for us was also weekly. Well, we it's weekly, but there's no like um, set eight week thing, and then there's a winner. It's a nightly winner. Oh, and oh, okay, okay. Because I was because like, I think yeah, the the formats are somewhat like yeah, they're 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 the format is kind of similar, but yeah, yeah. So yeah. um, my experience, my experience was really great. So <laughs> uh, it was about two years ago, and I'm thankful that people still think about it and talk about it because there hasn't been a new season right. uh, of of drag of DC Drag Wars since mine. And a lot of that has to do with the venues closing, which is so unfortunate because I think they probably right. still would have continued had those venues still been there. Um, so again, it, it, there's this consistent theme of me starting drag, getting into that venue, and then all of a sudden it closes down. Oh, no. <laughs> must, must be some kind of curse uh, that I bring in. I don't know what it is. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, DC Drag Wars, it was its third season. It was a really great experience for me. I did really well. It was seven weeks. Um, and so we had nightly winners, but it was like the winner of the challenge kind of right. thing. Um, right. And it was a seven-week thing. I managed to 
basically do well the entire time. Like I never had to, like, so it was a similar format to Drag Race where like you had to lip sync for your life to save yourself from elimination. There were challenges and there would be a winner. So thinking, you know, in terms of that format, I never had to lip sync for my life. I was never in the bottom. I always did like placed really high or safe or, and I won once I think of the, of the seven weeks and I got all the way to the finale. And what was really nice was the week that I did win, which was the fifth week. Um, and it was the only week that they awarded immunity. <laughs> oh, good. So, and that was the best time to win it because there were seven weeks and I win immunity week five, which means I'm guaranteed to be in the finale. So I was like, sweet, I'm a finalist already. Um, so that, that, was, that was really special. It would have been more special to win uh, the whole thing. Um, but I'm thankful to have been a finalist and have gotten as far as I did. And um, my drag sister from my house, Genesis, ended up winning. So I was really, really happy for her. Um, and of course, like the, the, the selfish part of me was like a tiny bit jealous. Like who wouldn't be? Sure. Like everyone always Absolutely. wants to win her. But it, it wasn't so overpowering to the point where like I resented her or anything. I was so happy. And honestly, as the like weeks were dwindling down, I kind of had this sinking feeling that she was gonna win. You know how like there's always someone that's primed to win. Mm -hmm. He kind of had that like story arc going for her. So I was yeah. kind of like, but that didn't mean I was gonna give up. Like I still didn't give up. I was like, I'm still gonna put up a fight. I'm still gonna, <laughs> you know, do what I want to do because I'm very passionate about drag. I'm very passionate about what I do. And I'm still gonna present myself the way I would even if the winner story arc was in my favor. Um, and so unfortunately it wasn't, but I, I still look back fondly on it because like I said, I did really well. Um, I got to meet really awesome people along the way. And the fact that people still look back on it and can recall that I did really well and had a, had a, had a good run on it um, is still rewarding. Cause um, sometimes I think it is funny when people bring it up cause I'm like, oh God, that was two years ago. People still think about that. Um, and it was just like a little local competition, but apparently it made quite an impression on some people. Like I think recently, uh, this was right before um, COVID and quarantine happened. There was this bar that I was performing at and this woman had come up to me and I allegedly had met her before, but you know how it is when sure, you, absolutely. Try, you meet so many people you don't remember. Uh, but she remembered me and she was like, oh my God, I remember you from Drag Wars and you were so incredible. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay. I was like, cool, thank you. I didn't think anyone even remembered what that was because it was two years ago. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's been really nice. Yeah, there, there's something special about drag competitions. I mean, I produced two of them in New York, um, mm -hmm. and it, it brings a community together, and people cheer for some and get upset when results happen, and it's all out of your control. But, I mean, we still talk about things that happened in Iconic, and there, there, there are still some queens who are bitter about yeah, their yeah, oh, sure, um, yeah. journey through Iconic. But that's that's the nature of competitions and it really does help get people's names out there um because it's like we're taking a chance having you as a performer the bar is now okay well they performed well they brought an audience why not give them an opportunity to continue their journey with us yeah because because drag wars was probably D dc drag wars was probably the biggest one i mean outside of pageants um right because this one's well, this one's like a pageant but like a seven week pageant pretty much um, and obviously inspired by Drag Race. And, and because of that, um, uh, was always crowded, like every right. week. It, it was packed, like it was hard to get through the crowd to get to the stage just because of the venue that was set up. Like it, it, we had to like jerry rig ourselves through, <laughs> through, through everything to get to the stage. So, um, and then like hearing people cheer for me and like knowing that people were supporting me even until the very end was, was really rewarding. Um, Do you have a favorite the, performance? From that competition or yeah, just in general? From the, oh, from the competition? competition. 
Ooh, um, so I think it was the week I won. The challenge we were given was to, uh, it was very strange, <laughs> but it was to impersonate <laughs> a male celebrity. Because um, this competition was all, um, was all queens. Uh, right. Unfortunately, it wasn't as um, inclusive as uh, I wish it could have been. Um, and they told us to impersonate male performers and they assigned us male performers, which was also kind of like, oh, all right, you're gonna make us do male performances, which is fine. Like I wasn't, mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't necessarily mad about the male performance part, but what threw me off is that they were assigning them. And I was like, oh right. God, what am I gonna get? And um, I was assigned to Michael Jackson, which <laughs> oh um, when I first heard it was like, damn, is this a read? Uh, uh, but then immediately it was like, wait, this is actually really good because his music is fucking phenomenal. Whereas right. some other people got like Justin Bieber, which like I would have hated if I got that. Yeah. Or like uh, Vanilla Ice, someone else got. Oh God. Which like, I mean, hey, they're, they have some good music, but like compared to Michael Jackson, I mean, come on. Like that's, yeah. I got a gold. Like I, I really feel like I lucked out by getting Michael Jackson. So um, of course I picked like some of his uh, big hits. I think I did... Um, I definitely did Thriller, and of course I did the dance, like you have to. Um, and like the crowd loved it and, and I ended up winning. So that, that was probably my most favorite night and most favorite performance um, overall. So nice. thanks Michael, rest in peace. Thank you for everything <laughs> that you did to help me. Are there any DC Queens that you've yet to work with that are on your wish list? Ooh, um, I don't think so. I think I've, I mean, I obviously haven't worked with everybody. Right. Um, that would be impossible at this point um but i think but the ones that i haven't worked with i think it's just because i haven't met them yet so that That's i don't fair. know anything about them which means i don't have an opinion on if i really want to work with them or not so i don't think there are any big names here that i haven't had the pleasure of working with yet so yeah no i think I guess that's pretty cool then. I never thought about that. But yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, like I said, work in all those different clips, right. if you will. Um, and almost, uh, and especially working at, uh, at Ziegfeld Secrets too, before they closed down, that venue in particular would see a lot of like, um, specifically big pageant names. Sure. Um, that have come through. Um, so many that of course I can't even think of them right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pulling a Laganja, uh, I don't, I, I can't recall. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely got to work with a lot of people and that makes me really happy. That's awesome. <laughs> now you, you mentioned that DC has had this unfortunate um, closure of a lot of queer spaces, uh, which means a lot of opportunities lost for a lot of uh, performers, but of the ones that are still there or a venue that you would like to create a, a, a show, is there somewhere you would like to have a performance when things are clean and safe again so uh, i'm not a curse i swear i don't know why things are closing down when i sort of drag i don't know what it is uh, it's another pandemic oh my god <laughs> um so i actually got to start one already and it would have continued if it weren't for the pandemic so i guess i'll talk a little bit about that because it was it was kind of um an idea that i think i always had but didn't realize that i did so i I like musical theater. I wouldn't say I'm the biggest musical mm -hmm. theater geek ever. Like I'm not, like if I took a, a trivia, if I went to a musical theater trivia, I'd probably lose. Uh, but that doesn't mean I still don't like musicals. <laughs> I, I love them. And I, and I like that. And I, and, and I like the idea of what drag can bring to a musical theater performance and production. Sure. And, I, and I think it's another way to have drag as a live performance that isn't just like, let me just pick a random song and lip sync to it. Sure. Love doing that, don't get me wrong but having like um, a script 
or like an actual story to follow and 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 putting on an actual like theater show in drag um which i think is probably pretty common in new york but is not uh a thing at all in dc like no mm -hmm. one does that no one puts right. on drag theater productions in dc at all um so me and the genesis who i've talked about another uh good drag friend of mine geneva confection the three of us have been really good friends uh have been we still are <laughs> are really good friends and um what started it all was halloween of last year and i really 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 wanted, wanted to put on rocky horror which you know is no Smart. stretch of the imagination it's been done people have seen drag rocky horror left and right it's not a new thing but i didn't care whatever i wanted to do it but i didn't have a venue and i was like fuck like i want to put this on so there were a couple places that i reached out to to try to get a venue but it kind of wasn't leading to anything and then geneva who had um had a couple working gigs at uh, one of the bars here in DC, JR's bar, love JR's. The bar manager there reached out to Geneva and was like, hey, I really want to put on Rocky Horror this Halloween. Can you make that happen? And I had obviously been talking to Geneva on my own about wanting to put on Rocky Horror myself, but I couldn't find a venue. And so with Geneva being the middleman was like, hey, Citrine, you're still trying to put on Rocky Horror, right? And you have a cast of people that are already ready to go. I was like, yeah, I have me and a bunch of people that are ready to do it. We just don't have a venue. And she was like, well, I have a venue and someone that really wants to put it on here. So it just all aligned and it was perfect. So long story short, we put on Rocky Horror. After that, we loved it so much. We were like, well, why don't we just keep putting on um, uh, like theater shows? Like what are some other musicals that we like that, um, that we can do here? Because it was a whole fun, it was a big project from start to finish. Like, rehearsals and getting everyone together sure. and coming up with the choreography and um, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, it was, it was Rocky Horror was really rewarding. It was a lot of fun and we had a huge crowd. But I mean, you know, every, a lot of people love Rocky Horror. So right. it was kind of no surprise that we got a big crowd. But because it, it, uh, we had that big crowd, there were a lot of people like, oh, are you gonna do more stuff like this? And we said, well, sure, why not? And the bar manager was like, yeah, we got a big crowd and we loved it, so let, let's keep it up. And he loved new ideas. He being the bar manager, loved bringing new ideas to the table for shows. Cause it's like, you know, a regular drag show is a dime a dozen, you know, no shade to him. It's just like, here I am a host. Here's like my group of five performers. They're gonna lip sync, tip us, good night. You right. know, tip your bartender, see you later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so we started spinning the wheels even more. And we said, okay, let's, let's start our next production. So we decided to do Hairspray, another big drag, um, Absolutely, uh, you know, show uh, that's very um, important to our drag and queer community. And so we put on Hairspray and that was like the last thing we did right before the pandemic hit. And so we managed to do two shows for Hairspray and then we were ready to do our next production, which was going to be Wicked. And so like we were on a roll, we were like, great. Like, and, yeah. and to, to, to go back to your initial question, what, what kind of shows do you want to put on? Uh, we just wanted to put on more or I just wanted to put on more um, musicals and, and theater productions like that. that And that is still my goal. I want yeah. to go back to that when things, knock on wood, uh, can get back to how they were and we can finally beat this pandemic, um, which I'm um, staying hopeful for that we can maybe see next year. Absolutely. Uh, that we can go back to that. So, so yeah. Um, and, it, and it's weird because I, I talk about my aspirations of being behind the camera and fashion and all that stuff. But uh, hey, the, the, the queer kid in me still loves musicals. Absolutely. They're still fun. And like being a character like from those shows and getting to portray them. 
I think it's leading into like the the actress in me, which I think mm -hmm. is also like again more behind the camera work. But of course, uh, acting is also for the stage as well. So I mean, shit, if someone wants to put a camera in front of us and wants to film a production, I'll do that too. So yeah. Um, any other shows that you were like, okay, w once it's better, we'll, we'll do Wicked. What else? What do you, what else do you want to do? So, I. Another thing that I've been really interested in, and I don't even think this necessarily, I mean, it obviously doesn't, it doesn't have to exist in a bar, is putting on um, kind of like a talk show. Yeah. So I don't know if you've seen on YouTube, it was this thing that I forget which YouTube channel it was. But to make things really simple, it was a group of like five drag queens that were like all from Drag Race, and they were just sitting on couches, just kikiing and talking, mm -hmm. just about literally anything. Like they were given a list of topics and we're just shooting the shit. And they were like yeah. playing games like Never Have I Ever and things like that. And I think DC doesn't really have anything like that. So me thinking about new ideas of what to bring to drag, I think it'd be really cool to have some kind of like drag talk show where I don't even necessarily have to be the host or, or I probably would want to be the host. <laughs> um, or, or even just to be involved or a part of it somehow where it's kind of, or, or like a red table or yeah, a place for drag artists and performers to just kind of sit obviously be in drag, but like talk about our experiences. Because I think that's another thing that audiences like to learn about drag, which is why I think Drag Race has such a large appeal because not only do you get to see these performers express themselves creatively and what they could do on a stage, you also learn about them as people uh, behind the scenes and like what makes that performer the way they are. Absolutely. And Drag Race has brought that level of interest to performers and artists and I, think audiences would like to learn more about the queens that they see and the performers that they see like you know they tip them they watch them perform but it's like i want to know more about them and i think Absolutely. having a sort of red table or just like talk show type thing would allow uh audiences to learn more about their kings their queens uh their performers in general yeah, so I, I mean, would like to put on a talk show type thing that, that, that sounds a, a, like a good idea i mean i have done a couple live podcasts for block talk and um, one the the ones that I do it as like a round table and have like four or five queens there to talk about either specific things or we did one for iconic. It's it's a lot of fun. The audience really loves engaging and hearing a, a drag queen talk that's not on the mic and just trying to tell jokes and entertain an audience for two hours. So I think you definitely got something there. Yeah, it's like it it it, it leans more into that sort of reality aspect. Yeah. Um, not quite reality TV, but it just kind of breaks down that whole um, sort of facade that people put on on the stage. Um, not to say that like people become a completely different person on stage, or sometimes they do, but it's just it's just a different look into drag that I don't think um, local drag really gets to see. Absolutely, we see it you know nationally on TV, but do we really get to see it locally? We don't. Right. Not really. Um, Again, another facet that I think would is is difficult to break into. Like all the things I want to do are always, of course, very hard and very um, challenging and, and and not common. But I think that also is what drives me and fuels me to want to keep doing it because I, they're they're possible. You just yeah, have to absolutely. believe in it and 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 be passionate about it. So now, before COVID, um, you were still you still had a presence in the digital world um, on YouTube. Um, with your web series, DMV Drag Fashion Review. Yes. Now, for those listening, define DMV first. DMV, uh, that stands for um, DC, Maryland, Virginia. 
how did you decide, you know what, let's get some of our queens and let's talk about their looks. What, what inspired it? Yeah, so it, with my aspirations of like loving being behind a camera it was, was certainly part of it. It was like, okay, what can I do that'll set me apart from what other people are doing in the city? Because um, uh, I obviously wanted to put on a show but when you hear a queen say, oh, I want to do a show, like your automatic, your automatic thought is, oh, they want to find a bar. They want to like slap their face on a poster and say, come here and tip me. I was like, I mean, I could do that, but yeah. I want to try to do something different. And of course with me, you know, loving looks and loving fashion, I said, this scene um, has a lot of great people that produce some really interesting looks. Why don't we uh, put it on a webcam? I mean, it's very inspired by what Drag Race does with Raja and Raven. Like, it's, sure. it's essentially that, uh, if you will. And I just wanted to have it locally. So it's kind of like taking all this stuff that we see nationally on TV and bringing it to a local scene. Yeah. Because there really is, I think, a market for that. And people want to see it, like we were saying. And so that's essentially what I did. It ran for like seven episodes. Um, and my vision for it was for it to last a lot longer and to be a little bit more consistent. Um, but all the excuses aside, it just kind of, um, I don't want to say fell apart. I didn't fall apart. I just got busy. That's just that's, to put it simply um, that I couldn't keep up with it as long as I wanted to. I'm so, I look back on it fondly still. Um, and I'm happy that I can look back on all my projects still fondly. I'm not embarrassed by anything that I do. Um, and I still think they're entertaining to watch, even though they've uh, been out for a couple months now. So if anyone wants to watch them, please. Yeah, uh, definitely <laughs> go watch them. I mean, because it, it, it allows you to showcase performers from your local area to showcase them to people like me in New York. And I met uh, digitally all these people that I've never met in like real life through watching um, this little web series. Yeah, precisely. And that's the great thing about digital too, is that your, your reach and your audience is larger because it's, yeah. it's the internet. <laughs> like you can get to, to, to anybody anywhere. Um, I, I mean, I think I would have, probably kept a little bit more consistent if I had had a team and had someone editing sure. my videos for me. Cause like, I mean, it, it was fun. I don't want to make it seem like I didn't enjoy doing it. I loved doing it. Uh, but of course just a lot of hard work, like setting up the green screen, the lights. Right. Cause like, I mean, I was, I was a, a one woman show. I was doing everything. Right. Uh, and then I'm sure you are fully aware of being a, a, a one man production. It takes a lot. So I'm, I'm very jealous of you and having the passion to keep going. Yeah. Um, it, it's, you gotta love it. And, but I, I think now that, we're in this digital age, maybe it is a time to bring it back in a way and, and see how it can be done. That's true. Uh, there was a web series that I had actually started during quarantine, um, but um, with everything that had been happening and um, like, I was literally about to release the first episode, uh, but then uh, when all the George Floyd stuff happened, it was like, right. that was like right when all of that happened. Um, and I was like, okay, this is not important. Like we need to shift focus here. Sure. Um, and I haven't gone back to like releasing it because I, th I still think there needs to be a larger focus um, uh, on the movement in general. <clears throat> I think I'll come back to it eventually because it was also sponsored by a bar. Like a bar had reached out to me and said, right. hey, do you have any ideas? Like, we'd love to do a show with you. And I was like, oh yeah, I have an idea. <clears throat> Let's do this. And then I got everything set up. I filmed a lot of stuff. And then, you know, like I said, things that happen. So I'll get back to it eventually. Um, and that's the, thing, the great thing about drag too is that it's not going anywhere. Absolutely. And that's what I love about it too, is that even if I take a hiatus for a year, I can still come back as beautiful as ever and nothing. Exactly. Will, well, things will have changed, but I mean, <laughs> I can still come back to it and t can take breaks as long as I want. So, All right. We're going to play a little game called this or that. 
going to give you two options. You're going to tell me which one you prefer. Great. Do I need to give an explanation or I just... If you want to. Okay. <laughs> All right. Black or white? Black. Day or night? Night. Wrong or right? Wrong. Breakfast or dinner? Dinner. Text or call? Text. Oh, oh text. <laughs> oh, I'm very passionate about this one. Text. If it is not an emergency, do not call. Same. This type of situation is fine. It's an interview. <laughs> but, oh, my God. Do not call me. Who? Modern or vintage? Modern. East Coast or West Coast? East Coast, baby. That's where I'm from. Brittany or Christina? Brittany. Gaga or Madonna? Gaga. Ariana or Mariah? Ariana. Oh, God, my age is showing. <laughs> Which is ironic because it's making me seem younger when I'm really not. But <laughs> And finally... Uh, yeah. House of Stone or House of Tea? House of Tea. Come on. <laughs> Please. House of Tea. Do you have a signature number? Like, what is the what is the thing that everyone expects to see Citrine do? So I do, but it's strange because it kind of has nothing to do with my brand, which which like which I've. Um, described as like you know fashionable and beautiful and stuff like that but i have these theme song mixes mm -hmm. that i like to do so it's basically just like and i have like three or four of them but i perform them so much that like a lot of people know me for it but i basically just pick theme songs that i love and perform them um and i, I mean hey theme songs are fucking bops all right I agree. There, are, there are some theme songs out there that really slap and that are really fucking awesome and I'm like, and of course they're only like, what, 30 seconds. You can't, I mean, there are some people that have got out there perform for 30 seconds and then leave. Um, that in itself is probably iconic. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll like, I'll, I'll put a medley together of some of my favorite theme songs, usually about three or four, cause that'll like, that'll be the length of like a standard sure. song. Um, and I have a variety of them. So that way I like, oh, I'll do this one for this audience. I'll do this one for that audience. So uh, for a while people kind of expected me um, at least like uh, other performers that I work with a lot, like figured I would at least one of my songs, that would be one of them. Um, and I would like to test it out with a new audience because yeah. theme songs I think are universal. It could be a queer audience, it could be a straight audience. It doesn't matter the type of audience. People watch TV. They're going to know these theme songs. So, um, so yeah, that, that's what I think most people would probably remember me for as the signature. Now, are there any numbers that you do that you wish people would stop requesting? Hmm. Um... I don't know if requesting is like a big thing here. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, at least in my experience, I haven't had like audience members or friends of mine come up to me like, oh, please perform that song. Oh, please perform that one. Yeah, I, I, I personally don't really get that. So I don't really have an answer for you because that doesn't mm -hmm. happen to me. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So you do a, a it's a pretty new weekly show with the Genesis and Geneva um, where you <laughs> paint and gab. How did this show come to be? Oh my God, that literally just started. It's been like three weeks. Um, yeah, we, I think it was my idea actually, because um, well, what with quarantine and having a lot of free time um, and with the three of us just being itching creatives, just always wanting to do something. Um, it was simply that we were just like, hey, like let's just keep up with our craft and kind of challenge ourselves and just shoot the shit, you know, like just yeah. talk on live and talk about whatever. I mean, we, we do that like almost every day. Like we talk every day for sometimes for hours. And then I was like, well, shit, let's just make it public. Like, see if people want to get in on what we're talking about. 
I mean, I will say that some of the things we talk about off camera are, are maybe a little juicier than what they would be on camera. Um, but yeah, it was just like an idea out of nowhere. It's like, hey, let's just paint together and go on live and just talk about whatever. And they were, and I, th I think I had brought it up and they were both like, yeah, why not? That sounds fun. Uh, and it's kind of turned into like a thing that I think people are remembering us for. Uh, I mm. mean, I was, I'm surprised you even brought it up. I didn't think you would <laughs> because it's, because it's so informal. Like we didn't really plan on it being like, this is our show and please tip us. And, right. blah, blah, blah. and it was that's really, sometimes like, how the best things happen is something informal and people catch on. They're like, we want more of this. Yeah. I mean, we're still early. It's only been three weeks. Uh, but the fact that you've even thought to bring it up and it's only been three weeks says a lot. So that's actually pretty good. I'll, I'll tell them about this later. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, it's really just us painting. We give ourselves a category for the week, um, just as, uh, as like a challenge, if you will, to kind of see how we would serve that category. Um, and then we just film ourselves doing makeup. We talk about whatever we want to talk about, and then we'll take a picture on the end to kind of like record our work. Yeah. And then, you know, in a couple months, we'll look back at all the photos and jack off to them together and see how amazing <laughs> we are. So yeah. yeah. Now, with quarantine, have you been able to perform um, in any shows? Uh, digitally, yes. Uh, I have not done any, um, <coughs> excuse me, live shows. Well, I will say the when quarantine first happened, like literally that first month, there were still a couple bars that were open that were sure. kind of doing like a digital quarantine show where like they brought us to the bar, but we had to be like six feet apart right, and right. they set up a camera. Like it was still a digital show, but we actually physically, the performers physically went there. And I think I did like two or three of those. But then like when shit really hit the fan, I was like, all right, nope, not doing this no more. Um, so everything after that has been digital. So far, I think I've only done like one or two a month, which like isn't a lot, but I mean, and, and not that I'm like, starting any shows myself which is fine um i think a lot of that is just because like i'm trying to shift my focus on more important things not to say that drag isn't important sure. but like i um and then of course being a graphic designer i have my <laughs> like i have my other schedule too that keeps me pretty busy so uh yeah there have been a couple shows i've got to perform too but needless to say i'm not like bummed that i'm not like booked every week i mean i think if if, if there wasn't a quarantine happening right now um i think i'd be a little concerned that right. uh I wasn't performing regularly, but considering a circumstance, doing like one or two gigs a month is perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, ask me again next year when hopefully, like I said, knock on wood, things kind of go back to how they were, then I might have a different answer for yeah. you. What, what are some of the difficulties for you as a performer performing in front of a screen without an audience there to feed off of? Uh, well, like I said, I do love a camera. So, and, I, and in fact, I'm more comfortable in front of one. So I have had no difficulty uh, in the way. And if anything, I kind of prefer it in some mm -hmm. ways. Um, well, like I said, I do like the camera more. So of course I'm going to prefer yeah. it. And, and, and you have an opportunity to create almost like a music video of your own sometimes. Essentially, yeah. Um, <clears throat> every video that I've done in drag that I've submitted to these digital shows were always edited. I'm not right. the type to just like, you know, press the red record button and just like do something in front of the camera for three minutes and then hit, uh, you know, stop it and then send that in. Like, oh, no, 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 yeah. no. She's going to give you a full production. She's going to edit it, the house down boots. You're going to have Ken Burns, pans, zooms, <laughs> cuts, background changes, costume changes. Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm the whole production, Mary. Um, and I like that. And then it's, of course, a lot of hard work and, and the things Absolutely. that I enjoy doing always requires so much work. I think that's why I get burnt out sometimes because I'm like, I always want to produce the most high quality thing I can because I know I'm capable and I know it's the way I want to present myself. 
not to be too controlling, but it's just like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. Right. Um, and of course, the way I want to do it is a very, a very highly edited, super produced thing. And, you know, maybe some people are turned off by that, but I'm like, whatever, this is, this is my drag. This is what I want to do with it. So yeah, making these like mini music videos, like you said, um, are a lot of fun. Um, they're more fun when I have a solid idea, yeah, and a sure. clear vision of what I want to do. If I feel like I'm like forced to do something with no ideas, then, then it starts to like crumble a little bit. But I've done a couple of things where I've had like clear ideas and then they turned out to be uh, awesome. Do you think that there will be a difficulty for certain queens who have used this digital age as a crutch who will then have to perform live and may, they may not be the best live performer. Do you think the digital drag world may affect how live performance is taken in? I think so. I think it also depends on how long this quarantine lasts. So, I mean, thinking back to the Spanish flu, that was two years. <laughs> so, and a lot can change in two years. That's how yeah. long I've technically been doing it, at least in the public eye. So I started drag in 2016 but I didn't actually put my name out there until 2018. I, I took some time to like make right. sure that like I knew what I was doing before I just jumped into the scene. Um, and even, even when I did jump in, I still wish I took more time because I was still kind of like uh, rough around the edges. Um, so yeah, I think it just depends on like how long this digital drag lasts. Um, I mean, certainly live performers are adapting. Uh, some are adapting better than others um, right. come to find. So if, it, if, if this digital drag scene lasts for a couple more years, I think that will have a, a lasting impact. But even then, the, there's still something to be said about like someone, which what I, like I said, I, I don't like to do, but other people are fine with where it's, they just set up their camera, they hit record and they make their own stage in their living room and they yeah. perform as if an audience is right there. I know it's a little different because you don't get that like, physical energy of people sitting there but it's just a part of like we've been saying like adapting uh, adapting to that energy so um time i think is what's really gonna give you the uh, give us the answer here sure on how that shift will change or not change that's, that's fair i like that we are going to play the fan favorite game on the podcast called tea time where More i'm games. going to give you some names of your friends sisters colleagues, enemies, people you've performed with, competed against, and you're going to give me some tea on them. And okay. some people will say, oh my God, I'm going to give you all the dirt. And then they say, oh my God, I love this person. But you, you can be as nice or mean as you want. Are you ready? Yes, I will right. be an either open book or semi-open book. Depends right. on who you say. <laughs> we are Let's going go. to start off with Ayana Deschanel. Ayana Deschanel. Uh, beautiful. She... In, in, in some ways, I kind of see similarities where, because I'm sure she said this, that she's also very introverted. I'm introverted. My voice might not sound introverted. I'm kind of very expressive right now. Um, but I'm super introverted. I really like to be by myself. And she's kind of the same way. So I kind of relate to her on that mm -hmm. level. So, um, so yeah, really introverted. And I like that about her. Nice. Next, we have Hell Over Time. Hell Over Time. Um, a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I met Heller before they started doing drag. Um, Sato Drag, their name is Caleb. So I knew Caleb before Heller existed. And there's something about when Caleb becomes Heller that like there really is a transformation, obviously right. physically for sure, but even just like the characterization I think is really special. So um, a lot of fun, so I'll say. Nice. They're a lot of fun. Next we have Desiree Dick. 
because they're like, oh my gosh, insane. <laughs> insane but in the in the best way um and 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 going back to what i was saying about graphic design uh she's one of my biggest clients uh I, she always hits me up all the time for flyers so whenever i think of her i think of crazy and i think of flyers so now we, she always now we all know that it's your work that we're seeing on all of desiree's posters yeah so if anyone's familiar with desiree if there's any show that uh, she's doing if she's promoting a flyer i probably made it i think there are some I think actually now it's probably all me. There were some like before she had other people helping her, but now it's just, I think exclusively me, which like is pretty great. I'm glad that she's a regular client. So nice. thanks Desiree for being a regular uh, <laughs> design client of mine. Next we have Rigatoni. Rigatoni. Um, <laughs> I don't have any like specific word, but for some reason the the, the first um, story that popped into my head about her was, um, there was a period of time where uh, Venus Vahala, which I know is not Rigatoni, but Venus Vahala <laughs> was always coming over to my house a lot because we had a sewing machine and she would sew a lot of things for people. And she was sewing something for Rigatoni. And I was also home. And I remember Venus being like, Rigatoni, get naked. We need to get you in this. And Rigatoni just got naked in my kitchen. And for some reason, of course, I'll never forget that. Um, Rigatoni getting naked in my kitchen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's super nice. Love her. She's great. Hanson in drag and out of. <laughs> yes. Next we have Rigatoni's best friend, Scout Sonner. Scout. Um, the first thing that popped in my head was nails because I know she, she, she loves the claws. Um, we've hung out a few times, so I don't... It kind of like with Rigatoni too. Like I wish there was like a specific story I had because there really isn't. But every time I've hung out with Scout, it's always been really nice, really chill. But yeah, we haven't done a lot together that I could have any kind of like big opinion on her. But I mean... We're, we're cool. She's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Simple well, as that. I'm going to give you a name of a former DC queen who's now in New York, Seraphim. Seraphim. Um, again, I don't really have a specific word, but I, um, I'm happy that she moved to New York and followed her dreams. But I, uh, a, part, a selfish part of me wish she stayed because I wish I could got to hang out with her a lot more. So I think if I'm ever in New York again, uh, Sarah, let's hang out because I think <laughs> it'd be a fun time. So let's just hang out more. There you go. Next, Bratwurst. <laughs> um, you wouldn't think of it. She's probably one of the funniest people that I've ever gotten to know. Um, mostly for out of drag. Um, uh, and not to say that she can't be funny in drag, but like just the memes we sent each other are just so ridiculous. Like every time I think of Bratwurst, it's just like memes back and forth. <laughs> or just not even memes, just like, it'll be a screenshot of some performer that will send and be like, oh my God, this looks like you or like whatever. <laughs> so we, we have a fun rapport back and forth. Um, love her, she's great. Now another former DC queen now in New York, Sigma Fraud. Sigma, yes, Drag Wars. Um, I, li I like Sigma, but, and maybe, maybe she'll watch this, but like Sigma, let's talk because there was a part of me that felt like you did not like me during Drag Wars. And I don't know why. Maybe it's my mind just kind of like playing tricks on me. I don't know if it was like competition mode or something, but I got this like cold negative vibe from you. I don't know why. Cause like, I think your drag's great. I think you're an awesome person, but I, there was just some part of me that kind of felt some type of way about that competition and like how it ended. Cause I was like, there was no drama. Like none of us hated each other, but I don't know. There was just like this cold energy. But that's not to say that like you're a shit person because you're not. You're great. Your drag is fantastic. But I, there's like this wall. I don't know. So I would right. like that wall to go away because, yeah. 
All right, next we have Geneva Confection. God, Geneva, where do I even start? She, that bitch is like my best friend. She, I, so when I first met her, I actually didn't like her. <laughs> which, oh. Well, it's, but, but the thing is, I am not the only person that would say that. There, <laughs> which I, I, I hate to say because she's fantastic. She's awesome. She's super supportive. She's very loving. She's a very loyal friend. She's always been there for me. But I think the reason the dislike was there in the beginning is because she, um, she can be a lot when you first meet her. You know how some people are just like very like, and I don't know why I'm zooming into the camera. <laughs> but like, you know, she, she's very like in your face right away and like will already like talk up a storm. And, and sometimes it can be a lot for people when you first meet them. And that's kind of like where I was with it. I was like, ooh, I was like, you're just a lot. And like, we just met, like, slow down. <laughs> So there was that kind of like uncomfortable energy. Um, but once that hump like got past, it was just like smooth sailing. I was like, oh wait, like you're the T, like you're yeah. fucking awesome. Super funny, super talented, gorgeous makeup artist. I wish she believed in herself more. Her makeup's fucking great. Uh, I, I love her. That bitch is amazing. Yeah, I, I, I have not met her in person, but I um, was sent the video um... Of her falling to her death. Yeah, yep. yeah, that that made the rounds. Yeah, yeah, that got that got some pretty decent attention. Um, that was terrifying. Oh yeah, my God. and she 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 jokes every day that like that's the only thing she's ever going to be remembered for, which is not true. I mean, maybe as of now, that's like her her biggest claim to fame. Uh, but that that kid has a lot of great ideas, and she wants to do so much with drag. She's so passionate about drag, for herself and for others. She's like fostered such a great community of other drag performers like she will book anybody and everybody without question like she's she's incredible i i can't talk more positive about her enough so strange to say that like i was self put up by her at first um because she, she can be a lot i will say that um she, she she can be a lot so if you're somebody that can't handle that kind of stuff at first uh definitely put up so uh, you haven't met her so just kind of be maybe be prepared for that uh but once you get past that and you get to know her she's she's phenomenal all right, next we have Kitney Stone. Kitney, she, she's adorable. Um, we, I think, are more close out of drag than in drag, because I think more of our experiences have been outside of drag. Like, we'll get dinner sometimes and talk and hang out. Um, uh, yeah, it's just very, very casual, cool. She's very, like, she's a friend. Yeah. It's like, that's as simple as that. Next, Logan Stone. Logan. Logan is my roommate. We've been roommates for... Um, I think almost five years now, because her fiance was a is like is my best friend, and so I knew him before. Uh, uh, his name's Drew, so I knew Drew before Drew started dating Logan. So me and Drew were really good friends, and then they started dating, and then of course I got to know Logan through that. And then once a couple years have gone by, we're like, oh, why don't we move in together? Because y'all are trying to find jobs in the city. I have a job in the city. It just kind of all like worked out. So we've been roommates for five years. It's been great. Um, yeah. Nice. Roommates for five years. That's awesome. Next, the Genesis. Oh my gosh. Another one. Sorry. I'm getting all smiley. Because <laughs> like her and Geneva, like the, the three of us have been um, Thelma, Louise, and Louise, because, <laughs> you know, there's only two of them. Um, but she, so we've been friends for nine years. So we knew each other even before we started doing drag. So we have like a history prior to us being the Genesis and Satrine. So because we go back for very long and been friends for so long, that's why we're so close. She is such a force. 
like I said, I was so proud of her for winning Drag Wars. Like, there, there, there's no way I could have been upset about that at all. Um, especially when it's your friend, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, mean, I mean, even if it wasn't my friend, like if, if some random person I had never met before won, I would have been like, okay. Uh, but there's just something special about knowing that your friend who worked so hard, just as much as you did, um, and, and for someone like her being a black bearded queen to like win something like that is like really important, really special. And she, like Geneva, also has like really strong ideas for drag and like what they want to do with their own personal career, but like what they also want to foster for others. Right. Um, like the two of them um, really care about others in drag. And I know that makes it sound like I don't care about others in drag. That's not true. I do <laughs> care about other drag performers. But specifically, I think they're like their mantras and their missions. Like if you had to ask them their mission statement for why they do drag, I think part of it and especially her being the genesis, would be about um, bringing a voice to those that feel like they don't have one in the drag community. Whereas for someone like me, like where I do think that's important, I'm more about, like drag has always been a very personal thing for just me. And drag was just like this kind of creative art form for me to express myself. And that's always been the most important. Um, Don't get me wrong, I do love others. (laughs) Uh, and, and want to leave the best in others. Um, but she has always been very loud and proud about that. And I love her and appreciate her for it. Yeah, I was, I, we were lucky that we, um, we had her for our uh, Pride show for Elation this, during Pride last month. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, got, she did her uh, This Is Me number, and it was one of the most beautiful things I've seen. A bearded queen doing This Is Me. Right? Never. For Pride? Rue never. And finally, <laughs> I'm kidding. I love her. I'm yeah, well, she's incredible. And finally, we will end with Venus Valhalla. Gutted, rotted, <laughs> terrible. No, she. <laughs> I mean, we have some stories. She. I love her. I, I know. I said those crazy adjectives, <laughs> but she's she's great. Um, one of the one of the biggest things we did together was last year we went on a cruise together <laughs> because she. Um, so I don't know if anyone's familiar with Vakaya or uh-huh, my uh-huh. Vakaya. Yeah, if anyone knows them. So she had the opportunity to be a model, specifically in drag, for the cruise. So they were looking. They, like there was a photographer who was hired for the cruise and made this like group. Here's the backstory: made some group chat and was like, "Hey, we're looking for models, drag or not drag, to be on this cruise. If you say yes, it's like an all-expense-paid trip for the cruise." <laughs> And it was so strange to me that like, I mean, of course she said yes, which I don't blame her. And the fact that like other people didn't like jump on that opportunity. Someone's like, hey, we're looking for drag queens to go on a cruise for free to take pictures. Who wants to do it? I mean, (laughs) the fact that I mean, I don't know. I wish I got to it first because like shit. I mean, but the thing is I ended up still getting to do it. So uh, I'm happy. Uh, So that, that I think was a, was a big part of our friendship. It's uh, uh, because, so she got to do it. And for those that participated, they said, oh, you can bring a guest, like one guest with you. And she's like, and she asked me, she's like, hey, do you want to be my one guest? Uh, because she knew I didn't have a life and um, had nothing to do. So I was like, <laughs> yes, like I'm, I have my suitcase ready. I have a passport, let's go. Because the cruise went to Canada. So you had to, you had to have a passport. Um, I was like, yep, I got a passport. I'm ready, let's fucking do it. So we went on a week long cruise, met some awesome people. It was the first cruise I've ever been on. It was the first time she was ever out of the country. Um, so it was also probably a big, uh, I'm sure um, she would say the same thing if she were on the interview now, talk about that cruise. So uh, love that bitch. She's rotted and gutted in the best way. 
and um, I would totally go on another cruise with her again. Yeah, she's fun. She was just on um, one of my Disney podcasts uh, that we did. Yeah, and... yeah, I remember seeing. Yeah, that. yeah. I'm sure, she talked about Meg like all podcasts. Um, no, not really. She was. Oh, really? Um, uh, she was very gung ho about uh, Hunchback. That was her movie. Oh yeah. For the... Yeah, she. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, she does um... have Hunchback, so. I <laughs> yeah, the first time I met her was when her and brady um crashed mm-hmm. in my place scout uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah during yeah. um new year's eve last year that was a fun adventure wait they were in new york or you were here no they were they were in new york they they stayed at my place venus was she went to new york i don't remember that don't... yeah the, it was uh when 28 she... wait 2019 into 2020 or 2018 into 2018 into 2019 okay i was gonna say because i was like i'm pretty sure i was with her <laughs> we were at the same gig for it new was, year's eve it was, so was when like, they, she... it was when they were dating I see. I was going to say, I was like, was she in two places at once? I'm <laughs> no. pretty sure uh, she was standing right next to me when we said three, two, one, happy new year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, she's, well, that's she's cool. a fun one. Yeah. She, yeah. Very fun. Yeah, fun. <laughs> that's the word. Why is drag important to the community? Uh, d- uh, define community, just like queer, to the queer community, community. To the queer community. Um, I think it's important for a lot of separate reasons. Uh, I, I think for one, it's like an escape from our sometimes dark reality. I think it's important because speaking on my own personal experiences is it's a way to not only express yourself artistically, but also um, with gender and gender identity. So I identify as non-binary uh, <laughs> words. <laughs> I identify as non-binary, uh, but I'm okay with he, she pronouns. Um, so either or is fine. And I think it allows those within the queer community to tap into their own individual experiences with being queer sure. and being an artist. Um, I know not all queer people are artists. You know, some queer people are fucking um, security guards or right. work in finance. You know, not everyone's an artist. Uh, but and no, meeting a lot of queer people, almost a lot of them have some kind of artistic background, even if it's not their profession. There's some part of them that like taps into their art. Um, and it's one way to, to, to kind of um, explore that part of you. Um, not necessarily the only way, but it's just one way. And I think, that's, I think that's another big reason why I think drag is so important. And even if you don't do it yourself, it's a way for you to look into whatever performer inspires you and kind of see that part of yourself or, t- or tap into that part of yourself. Um, I encourage anyone to, to actually do it for yourself because it's a lot of fun. But even if you don't, if you can identify with someone, um, it's the same way that like people identify with characters on TV sure. and like see themselves in them and live through their experiences. So like if you're someone that doesn't do drag and you see a drag performer doing the things that like you just love and, and appreciate, there's something special about that. Absolutely. And then maybe it can lead to you doing it for yourself too, or finding, or even if it's not drag, it leads you to um, tap into those part of yourselves that maybe you're afraid to express or or finding new hobbies that you never thought you could do before or literally any part of your being that wasn't there before that you can finally say like is is who you are so i would say that that's for me the 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 most important reasons to why drag is is very crucial to our queer community i love that if you are on the drag race who would you do for snatch game the races of drags yes the games of snatch who would i do um i <clears throat> of course everyone thinks about this um so 
rewind, the, the, here's the backstory, rewind to, I think it was 2019. It was like February, 2019, House of Stone put on a show called Snatch Game of Love. So we did our <laughs> own version of it. And so we, we essentially played Snatch Game. And I played Barbie, which okay. is, I think, well, obviously for Drag Race would not work because that's a uh, fictional character. Um, but playing Barbie was a lot of fun and I, and I did really well and I got a lot of laughs and that was a lot of fun. So while I wish I could say Barbie, I technically can't, I guess, in this context. Um, I think it would be really funny to play Sia. Okay. Because not only would it be like crazy to wear that big bow and like, I, I think there are a lot of, there could be a lot of jokes with the fact that like she can't fucking see. Right. I think that would be kind of funny. And uh, sometimes I like to do an Australian accent. Uh, it's, it's terrible right now, but um, there, there are some times when I can put it on and it's okay. I think if I work, if I, if I work on it, yeah. I, could get, I could get there. Yeah, it's terrible right now. Um, <laughs> trust me, it's, it's better than how it's sounding right now. <laughs> um, I think it's just because I'm on camera, which obviously wouldn't bode well if I were to get on the show. But yeah, I think C <laughs> would be a fun one. Australian accent aside or not, I think there could be a lot of jokes there. Although I worry because whenever queens do a singer, there's all, Rue will always throw them like, hey, can you sing us something? Right. Um, and, I, and I like to sing. I can sing. But to sing like Sia... Is, she's got a voice. She's got quite the voice that I do cannot live up to. So that's where my I think that's where my worry. All you lie. have to do is do one, two, three, drink, and you're good. Go, you're you're good. Yeah. I mean, I would want to scream like I want to swing. There the you chandelier. go. Like I don't I don't know. It, it, I, I think sn- there's a lot of room to make Sia a really funny character. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that I would I would try to tap into that. Uh, try, tap into her as an nice. Author. If you had to pick one DC queen to be your partner on The Amazing Race, who would it be? Fuck, who's bilingual? Um, <laughs> well, I guess Ezrae. Fuck, but would she slow me down? No, I'd slow her down, I think. Um, I guess the easy answer would be Desiree because she's bilingual, because that's like really helpful. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'll just say Desiree. All right. For that reason. <laughs> That'd be good. That would be good TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like we'd probably get into arguments, but I think at the, at the end of the day, we'd still have that goal of like, because she loves to win. Like that yeah. bitch is like, let's go, like, let's do it. She's very, I think that's another reason why she'd be good because she's fast paced. She's like, mm-hmm. let's do this. Um, yeah, I'll say Desiree. I think she's nice. a, great, a great companion. So we're going to do the pop five rapid fire where I'm going to give you five pop culture or headlines, things in the news. And you're going to give me a word, phrase, story, whatever you want to talk about each item. If you don't know it, that's fine. Let's do it. Number one. Mulan on Disney Plus. Yes, um, that's exciting. I think I'll still rent it um, because, like, I get it. You know, obviously they would want to have released it in theaters, and you know right. that's where they'd get their ticket sales. Um, I'm sure. I mean, a lot of people are putting up a fuss about it. Like, I have to pay thirty dollars. I already got Disney Plus. Like, I mean, I get the fuss, but then I also get the additional yeah. thirty. Well, I mean, if you're gonna go see the movie in theaters and you're a family of four, you're saving a lot. Exactly. $30. Yeah. 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 Like, just get some friends together. Uh, you know, digitally, of course, uh, to watch together. Or people have shared accounts. I mean, I I share a Disney Plus account. I don't yeah. have my own. So, um, I think I will watch it, and I, like, I get it. I'm I'm not as upset as like a lot of other people are. Right. What I am upset about is that there's no music and that there's, we're not going to get our, you know, the songs we all know. I about. agree. It's going to be weird. About, you know. It's going to be weird. All right. Number two are Trump's executive orders. Can we move on to the next question, please? Absolutely. Because, oh, I'd like to not have to talk about that crazy man for longer than as long as we are now. 
That's a good answer. I love it. I'm going to do that. Yep. Number three is Big Brother All-Stars. Ooh. Um, so I don't keep up with Big Brother. I've never really watched it. But I do think the that show in itself is really interesting. I think it's a really cool show. I would do it whether I'm in drag or not, um, which is funny because I love Courtney Act and, you know, she did it and won. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really have any opinion on the cast because I don't really know who's on it and I don't really watch the show. It's like, well, then why would you want to be on it if you don't watch it? I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I know what it's about. <laughs> I, it, it's, 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 it's funny because it goes back to my thing about drag where, in my mind, drag is more fun to do than it is to watch. Sure. It is fun to watch, but I, pref- I would prefer to do it. So I guess with like Big Brother, I'd rather do it than watch it. That's fair. I like that. So, yeah. All right, number four, we have the Umbrella, Umbrella Academy season two. Ooh, that one. So this I can talk about for a while. I won't, <laughs> but um, I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. So good. Um, yeah, it reminds me of, um, so another show I really love was Sense8. So it's just that other mm-hmm. kind of show where it's like a group of people with like special powers that have to like fight a common enemy. Um, so it's kind of like my Sense8 replacement <laughs> yeah. um, in a different way. Obviously it's its own show with its own unique premise, but I enjoyed it. I, I mean, I binged it like everyone else. I started yep. Saturday morning, I ended it Saturday night. Uh, I like, I did not, I think I stopped just to like eat and use the bathroom. Otherwise I was just glued to it. Very binge worthy. If people listening to this did not watch it, what are you doing? It's so Take good. a day to watch season one and two. It's worth it. Do you have a favorite character? Uh, Allison, okay. uh, I I think she's great. I I love. I'm, I mean, that is I, the wrong answer, but okay, it's fine. Oh, it's, ooh, what? <laughs> um, I, I want to know yours, but I love her because I feel like I'm more like I I'm even more glued to the screen when it's her storyline, and I feel like she's. I mean, she has her fair share of problems. I mean, she's done things where it's like, girl, maybe you shouldn't have done that. But <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. I just, I really like her. I don't yeah. know. Who's your, who's your favorite? Oh, Klaus. I'm a, I love Klaus. Oh, oh yeah. Klaus, Klaus I, yeah, is... Klaus is great too. I was afraid you were going to say number five. No, or no, no. Actually, no, no. what would have been worse was number one. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. No, Klaus is incredible. And I think it's Klaus on screen. Robert Sheehan plays him so well. It's one of the yeah. m- most in-depth characters I, I, he's so exciting there's so much wealth in his storyline and mm-hmm. even in season two you didn't get a lot of klaus but what you did get was incredibly hilarious i feel like there was a decent amount of him though well, i guess it's season much, one maybe not as much season one yeah, yeah but yeah he yeah robert sheen i mean i've loved him since misfits i yeah. i loved watching misfits that's where i knew him from um so uh, and it was weird to hear not hear the Irish accent. Right, he, <laughs> um, his his American accent. Oh, it's very, very good. good, very good. good. Yeah, and same with um the Tom Hopper who plays yeah. uh, Luther. That caught me off guard because I thought he was American. So when I saw <laughs> interviews of him and his British accent, I was like, whoa, that yeah, that yeah. really threw me off. Um, he's my least favorite Luther. I'm like, he's such a big baby. It gets on my goddamn nerves. Um, yeah, like if you said Luther was your favorite, I'd have been like, okay, now yeah. we got some problems. Um, yeah, Klaus would be like a, a strong second favorite. Yeah, yeah, he's he's fantastic. All right, number five is Shark Week. I mean, I'm familiar with that, but kind of like Big Brother, I don't, I don't. Well, it's a Discovery Channel just doing all shark yeah. content for a week. Well, it, are we at that time? Is yep, it Shark it started, Week? It started last night. Oh, okay. Like, I never know when it is. I feel like every few months, everyone's like, Shark Week? I'm like, oh, is it? So it's in August. Oh, it's in August? Oh, okay. Well, then When the there are sharks the... out, yeah. Oh, okay. The years are flying by then. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not, uh, not, not into shark culture. Um, I'll 
it's it's fine i guess this is usually my time where i don't feel guilty requesting people to perform baby shark Oh, I'm starting to believe that you are a big Shark Week fan. And that is why. You're no, saying. I'm a Baby Shark fan. So. Oh, just I the just, Baby Shark. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, it's my opportunity to force people to perform Baby Shark, and I will give them a dollar or five, whatever. I was like, um, wow, only a dollar? Whoa, fuck their drag. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So when I when I had a show um, last year uh, during Shark Week um, uh, for Block Party, we had um, a Queen Sissy Walken was co-hosting with Seraphim. Mm-hmm. And they knew how much I wanted them to do the number, but they're like, no, we're not doing it. And they opened the show with Baby Shark and it was... Oh, they like fooled you or something? Mm-hmm. Or, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. It was, very, it was yeah. very, very good. And it was, it was so fun to see Sarah from doing choreography. <laughs> well, did she? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, when um, all you have to do is that, it's pretty yeah, easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm, I've never performed it myself. Um, I mean, not, and I'm not against it. I would. I would have to familiarize myself yeah. Yeah, no, the, the whole Shark Week thing, like, never got into my radar. I mean, I knew enough of, like, I know what it is, yeah. but not enough to, like, have any real opinion on it. So that's fair. it exists, and it's there, and it's cool, and I have no problems with it. Go well, that Week. was our <laughs> Pop 5 Rapid Fire, and I have a couple fan corner questions for you. Let's do it. All from Geneva. I All from, from, from <laughs> Geneva. And we, we kind of addressed a couple of them already, but um, Geneva says, I love your fashion choices. Who are some of your biggest inspirations? Uh, I love Alexander McQueen, probably like number one. That's a very cliche queer gay answer, but just his work, you know, rest in peace, but like his team and like just the brand in general and just where it's going. So beautiful and so groundbreaking and just like the, I'm big on silhouette. Mm -hmm. Some of those silhouettes are just like unworldly and just so different and unique. I think that's why I like fashion so much is because I don't think I've ever worn a leotard in doing drag. Like that's just not, that's not my thing. Um, and I, I know it's very common for a lot of, uh, particularly drag queens, to wear leotards. And nothing wrong with them, but it's just yeah. the, you'll, you know, I'd rather wear uh, a fucking apron. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Alexander McQueen's a big inspiration, and I also grew up really loving Project Runway. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely get inspiration from just like watching what those designers on that show do. I love reality TV, especially reality TV competition shows. Like I like Top Chef too. I'm not a cook by any means, (laughs) Um, but Bravo TV had some great reality TV competition shows. Um, So yeah, and I think Project Runway particularly is because they had those type of creative challenges where like you could see that happen in drag where like they would make shit out of unconventional materials you know, make shit out of candy, make stuff out of newspaper, yeah. which, you know, I've done and a lot of drag queens do. So, um, so yeah, that, that's where I pull from. Just like creative artists that like to just make new, interesting silhouettes that push the boundaries of fashion and drag. Now, looking at your Instagram, you are someone who will, I wouldn't call in a way it's cosplay, but you've taken a lot of, um, pop culture references and characters and people and put your fashion twist on it. Where does that inspiration come from? Um, I would call it cosplay. I, um, yeah, I would call it cosplay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I, I've always liked cosplay. I wouldn't say it's something that like I would tap into full time. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of one of those like every now and then things that I like to do just because I'm very passionate about characters or specific people and the work that they do. So like recently I cosplayed Zuko from Avatar because I binge watched Avatar and Avatar was right. fucking great. I recently did Dua Lipa because mm-hmm. I loved her fucking album. 
Uh, I recently did Anna Wintour, um, although she's had some controversy behind her. I think she's a very uh, iconic public figure in terms of the fashion world. So it kind of it kind of happens in spurts. Like it just depends on like if I'm really into something in the moment, or there's just a character that I really love. Sure. I just love characters. I love that's why when there are um, uh, really strong drag characters, like people that really think about a head-to-toe persona and look and idea, um, I value and think that they're doing like the Lord's work because it's, it's yeah. there's so much to it. There's so much depth and it's really interesting. And the fact that like, so, um, so like Zuko is a fictional character, but like Dua Lipa has a really strong brand and like, Anna Winter is obviously just like a person, but right. she has like a strong brand behind her. Like you know her for Vogue, you know her for that page boy haircut. Like mm -hmm. it's things like that. Like brand is always important to me. Um, and like really having a strong, clear image of who your character is, is always gonna be important to me. Um, so th I think that's why I like cosplay because it's very character focused. And, and another reason why I like it is because a lot of other people like it too. They love to yeah. see their favorite characters portrayed in real life. Um, and it's nice to kind of get that engagement and, um, and explore that. Because that, cos cosplay also has its own um, challenges in terms of creativity and things like that. And it's fun to explore. Absolutely. Geneva has another question for you. What are your dreams for your future as a drag artist and as a fabulous individual with a keen eye for aesthetic? Yeah, so I, I've tapped on this like in, in, in several parts of the interview, but yeah. it's really doing more behind the camera works, so, like really having a stronger focus on being involved in that fashion scene, whether it's like modeling, um, doing interviews, acting, <clears throat> or even singing. Uh, I haven't really tapped into the, my vocal abilities lately. Um, and it's, it's funny that I say that because I, I want to talk about this. It's kind of random. But I don't know about you, but quarantine has kind of been fucking with my voice. Mm -hmm. And I say that because I, you know, being quarantined, I'm not talking a lot. Right. So I'm, and I talk to myself sometimes, but not really. And if I do, it's just like in my head. So I'm not really using my voice. You know, I'm not at shows anymore. I'm not at live shows. And even then lip syncing, you're not even really using your voice right. anyway. So, um, and I would, I would sing for drag shows sometimes, but not all the time. Cause you know, with audio at certain venues, it's sure. not going to be the best. You know, lip syncing is always the, the easiest bet. So long story short, I'm just not using my vocal cords regularly. So whenever I do talk sometimes, I, I find my voice cracking a lot. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck. And so that's why I've kind of been like scared to tap into my singing a lot recently because I'm not exercising my vocal cords. I know that's a dumb excuse. It's like, well, girl, then just start talking, just start singing. <laughs> um, so, what was the question again? I don't even remember anymore. I was just What's talking about your, what your dreams for your future. Dreams, yes, um, yeah, or, or singing too, like making an album. I think that would yeah. be fun uh, to have it. Like, uh, I, I know a lot of um, queens that have come out of the drag race scene will Absolutely. create their own albums, and that's that's pretty common for them now. But who's to say that local talent couldn't do that too? I'm sure there exactly. are plenty. I'm sure there are plenty of New York performers that have their own albums. I mean, there um, are a bunch singing. of queens yeah. on Canada's Drag Race who uh, said they had uh, songs on iTunes. So yeah, exactly. So um, 
I mean, I don't see myself as like a pop star by any means. Um, like, I don't, I don't know if I want to to do that per se. Yeah. But I think it would be cool to also have some kind of like, even if it's like a single, I don't need a full yeah. album. Like yeah. even a single would be cool. And and then to pair with that, like a music video to go with it. Like, it'd be fun to film, but like a real like full production. Like I'd sure. have a set, I'd have background dancers or like some kind of background something. Like real production value, like they'd get in like one of those high definition camera type things. Um, that would be really cool. So stuff like that. Um, as long as I'm doing stuff like that, I think my drag career, uh, my drag future is going to look bright. And Love it'll that. make me happy. So I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question. And this question comes from Androgyny. Hello, Androgyny. If you weren't doing drag, what would you do instead? Uh, I think I would probably just tap more into my graphic design like that would just be all that I like it that would just be my primary like my primary um profession because right now I see drag and graphic design as like a 50 50 thing sure uh, sometimes it's like 70 30 it really depends on like how the work comes in um because I'm fortunate enough that I work from home I work like I'm basically my own employer I'm a freelancer for graphic design and then of course drag is right drag. So it's great that I kind of get to work my own schedule, but I think if drag didn't exist, I would just be a full-time graphic designer working at a firm or something like that, or like at a, a design firm, something like that. Nice. Well, now is your turn to ask my next guest a question. Oh, I was not prepared for this. Um, what do I want to ask them? Hmm. It can be about anything you want. Uh, I'll keep mine very specific. If you got on Drag Race, what would your entrance line be? Oh, I love that. That's a good one. Yeah, that came out of nowhere, but I think that's a good one. And it's, it's very specific. One. So yeah, if you got on Drag Race, what would be the first thing you say? Nice. As soon as you walked in the room. Well, where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at Citrine the Queen. That's like everywhere. That's uh, Instagram, Facebook, that's Venmo. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's just at uh, C-I-T-R-I-N-E-T-H-E-Q-U-E-E-N, Citrine the Queen. Uh, but my name is just Citrine. Uh, I have to add the Queen because, you know, I just have to because... Uh, Citrine is an actual object, and it's a, if you Google Citrine, you will get a bunch of pictures of stones and not me, unfortunately. <laughs> but I hope someday when you Google Citrine, it will just be all my face and One not day pictures of happen. beautiful stones. Yeah. So, well, um, this was an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, Michael, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an absolute blast. I really appreciate it. A huge thanks to Citrine for chatting. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. And make sure you engage with me on social media and tell me what your favorite episode has been. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm -hmm.